hello and welcome to episode 35 of the Saddlecast for this season with myself, Glenn Price, and I'm joined as usual by Ollie Warner. How are you doing, Ollie? Hi, Glenn. How are you doing? I'm good, yeah. it's uh, it's been a It's been a bad week, hasn't it? Yeah, lately? I didn't really yeah. answer your question. I just kind of deflected it back. <laughs> it's been a tough week. It's been a long week. Yes, uh, certainly some some reason, and some people have been saying the wheels have come off, and, and and for automatic promotion, it does feel like that a little bit, doesn't it? Unfortunately, but um, we do live to fight another day, I suppose. We've got to be positive about that. But um, yeah, it's been a right kick in the balls this week, hasn't it, Ollie? It certainly has, and um, yeah, again, again, the mixed emotions, isn't it, of disappointment and upset. You know that um, you know the season hasn't gone as as we hoped. Yeah. After uh, an amazing start and yeah, regression, and we've been keeping um, pace with the big boys. Um, but yeah, it wasn't to be, it seems. But um, yeah, yeah, it's obviously that we we've had this week. We had a child at home on Tuesday night, which didn't go to plan, um, and then Berry, bloody Berry, um, on Saturday. <laughs> uh, so yeah, shall we jump into the action? Yeah, let's get straight into what happened this week, and uh, we'll try and be positive. <laughs> But out of the blue, the visitors struck back. Cross, despite being fouled, laid on the ball for Dunworth to score. So the first game this week, we uh, had the visit of Charlton Athletic, who we still remember that positive away victory against Ollie. It was one of the, probably one of the best away games of the season, wasn't it, for the fans this year? And so, yeah, you still had to be positive that we could we could beat them. Obviously, they had a new manager in, um, Lee Boyer, has now sort of been brought in, hasn't he? After the last manager got sacked, and they'd been on a, a good run of form, so it wasn't going to be easy. And yeah, it turned out not to be easy as Shrewsbury Town unfortunately fell to a two nil defeat um, with both goals in a very very poor second half for Shrewsbury. So. Um, yeah, attendance was 5,800, which is pretty much bang on what it's been sort of the last few Tuesday night games, hasn't it? Um, so there was no sort of downtick on that, but certainly no no uptick either. Um, yeah, and, and that was that really. So I'll run through the team, Ollie, and then you can go through some of the stats and we'll, we'll have a chat about what went so wrong, really. Um, so yeah, team Henderson, Bolton, Toto, Sadler and Lowen for the suspended Beckles. Um, midfield three of Godfrey, Sam Jones, which is a bit of a surprise, and um, Johnny Nolan. And then the wingers were Wally and Rodman with Payne back in up front. So I think the most interesting thing about the team selection on it was the, the, the sort of home start debut for Sam Jones, wasn't it? Which came a bit out of left field. Yeah, it was a bit of a surprise, um, but I guess not too surprising considering yeah we would have been basically playing the same players every week. Um, so yeah, it was good to see him get a, a start. And yeah, a few a few positives for him, I guess. But um yeah, yeah it's, um, it was interesting and yeah, obviously had a bit of a different dynamic with Godfrey and Nolan and I'd say Jones probably played a bit higher than Nolan normally does, didn't he? Yeah, he certainly looks like a more attacking player, doesn't he? And yeah. we'll probably just talk about Jones now, what we're talking about, it, you know, on his debut and, and we'll talk about him during the game as well, but it wasn't a bad debut, was it, to be honest with you? I know he got given man of the match by one of the supporters, uh, sort of people that were in the, the Sovereign Club, but certainly didn't look like he was 90, 90 minute fit did he um, no. for the lack of football he's had but yeah certainly positive signs that we might see some, some better stuff coming from him down the line interesting that he didn't then get much of a, a game the following game I, I thought but um, probably sure fitness we'll see wise more, yeah I think we'll probably see more of him towards now between now and the end of the season anyway with, with what's going to be going on but um, yeah yeah, I suppose you were reasonably happy with it as well I guess Ollie yeah yeah, it was interesting to see him play um, but um, yeah shame he couldn't positively affect the scoreline because <laughs> yeah 2-0 at home is not really what we wanted um, it would have been no. actually the first time we've ever had the double over Charlton and oh, it's right. the first time they've ever beaten us in the league at home so mm. um, so that was a bit of a disappointment at the end of this game well going into the game we hadn't won in no, sorry after this game we hadn't, we hadn't won in five and we hadn't scored in three no. Um, so certainly on a dip in form now, and that can't, that can't be argued. Yeah, the, the goals drying up is a huge concern, isn't it? Yeah, it certainly is. Um, Not that there was many of them anyway. <laughs> no, no. So. Um, in terms of um, the actual game, um, there's not a lot of highlights, really. I think in the first half, um, Shrewsbury Town played some nice bit of football, Sam Jones getting into some decent positions, um, yeah. but we didn't really create enough chance, did we? Um, probably the best chance for Shrewsbury in that half was that super run from Godfrey down the left flank, um, and Rodgers toe-poked, um, and he hit the side net in. Um, but you've yeah. got to say... There's quite a few efforts um, for um, Charlton in that half, even though they didn't. They were very direct. They and they didn't really pass the ball. They still create chances themselves, didn't they? They did, yeah. And and it's two things really to mention there. Godfrey Godfrey's been doing all right in this last little bit of a run. I yeah. think considering we've sort of struggled, he's actually seemed to have recaptured some of his best sort of form. Strange, very enough. consistent, that, hasn't he? Yeah, it's just that everyone's sort of dropped while his levels come back up a little bit, which must be frustrating for him because he's put in some lung busting runs in the last couple of games and really tried to drive us on, but it's just. 
it's just not been enough really. We've needed we've needed the the Agogos and the Nolans to be on the same form. Obviously, we need a go go full stop because we just don't win very do we? But um, yeah, I, I would say something about Godfrey, and yeah, he did well for that for that move, and, and Rodgers was a bit unlucky. But you're right, they had loads of chances, and and none of them were massively clear cut from what I can remember and looking at the highlights. But they certainly looked like they were always favourites to nick the first goal and. You know, there wasn't really much to talk about in the first half, was there? I suppose there wasn't huge, huge amounts of moments. It wasn't, to be honest with you, shoot out it wasn't the most entertaining game. Full stop, was it? There really was a tough watch, particularly as we got into the second half. So, it, it was, it was tough, tough going at times. It was, um, it was. <laughs> we certainly played better in the first half, and that's worth noting. Um, and then um, it, w- it was. Yeah, second half um, just kind of got went from bad to worse, didn't it? God, did at it. half time, <laughs> Wally went off. I I tweeted that he went off. I thought he was subbed off, but found found out later he had a knock. But I he don't did. think it, I don't think it would have been that was a surprise if he had been subbed off because he was pretty um, pretty absent in the first half, like quite a lot of players were. Yeah, he's gone right off, hasn't he, at the moment? And and we've talked about this several times on the podcast, haven't we, about confidence players, Ollie and. All season, we've had huge amounts of confidence going from probably from the first win of the season where we got a late winner, everyone got their tails up, and it just kept running through and through and through. And we got to January and it was happening, you know, we're into February, into March, and you know, just towards the end of March into April now, that confidence is starting to ebb away a little bit, I think. But as you know, Ollie, confidence is such a, is such a, it's such a tough thing, isn't it? And I think that's one of the things. I, I think Wally is one of the sort of three or four players you've noticed their levels have dropped as as that disappointment has come into their game. I think personally. So um, yeah. I mean, he got subbed off for an injury, to be fair. So he wasn't to- totally awful in the cop in the Charlton game, was he? But um, yeah, it looks like uh, he's another one we're going to need to rest up in the last few games, isn't he? Yeah, no, definitely, definitely agree with that. Mm. Um, and then the kind of the, the kind of the pendulum swung to Charlton Athletic, didn't they? They they weren't really playing any pretty football, but um, yeah, we um, we kind of went into our shell into the second half, and um, it's been quite similar. The Bradford game was similar as well, where we had a good first half and not so good in the second. And then yeah, there was I guess the only real highlight for us going forward. Um, was a super ball from Nolan over the over the right back, which set Morris off, and then he had a good shot of goal, which was saved. But after that, I don't really think there was many other chances for us. Really, was there going forward? There wasn't, and Morris at the moment his his strike rate is is awful, isn't it? You know, he really yeah. is struggling in front of goal. I looked up some statistics on him, which I, yeah. you know, because we've got this perception that he doesn't score a lot of goals, and I just wanted to go back and double check this season what he's done in the league. He's played forty games. He hasn't. He's only scored two in the last twenty nine in the league, and he scored six in the league overall. Um, and added to that, he's got less than five assists now for forty games, forty league games of football. And I know he's been a sub in a few of those, but that's not much of a contribution. No. Take away the other side of his game, which has been fantastic. I I would agree with that. But Christ, as a striker, you, you do worry about those numbers. Yeah, I've had this debate a few times online with people saying, "Oh, we need a goal scorer," but I, it's not like you can manage. Um, you can't think of many times where he hasn't. You know, he's failed to take a chance. Mm, he doesn't get many though because he's never really in the box very often. But then is that because he's setting other people up? Would have Wally and Nolan have nearly? Oh, no, Wally has got ten goals, but Nolan's got eight. I think would those guys have eighteen goals? If it wasn't for his work, I, th- I, th- I think I think it's a bit of both, isn't it? I think it is a bit uh, of both. maybe a little being a little bit more selfish, and maybe he could get in the in the in the box a bit more. But maybe it's something about our tactics, which I'm sure we'll come on to later. But I don't think you could. I don't think you could really criticise him too much up until maybe the last ten games, where yeah. it, 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 there's a noticeable drop off drop off about how his, his presence in the box is less and less. Like before, when he was when he was banging he was banging form sort of thing. He was, was there when he well. He was always there still in the box. He was always causing trouble. Very noticeable in the last three games, particularly how little time he spent in the box on our attacks. And you know, I think it was in this Charlton game I've noticed, and I think I put something on Twitter about it where we had an attack and. He was just amb- ambling to the edge of the box, no real desire to get in there, and I, I didn't like to see that. And I don't want to criticise him too much because he's had a good season, but you know, maybe mentally he's just switched off now and is, is going to refocus for the playoffs like a lot of people. But um, yeah, definitely some signs of, of, of issues maybe there in terms of you know what he's thinking at the moment because any striker, I don't care how well you know the rest of the fans think you're playing and how well the manager thinks you're doing your job, any striker who's only scoring those sorts of goals per season is going to be a bit worried. Yeah, and also when he looks back on his stats and also when opposition scouts and stuff with his career at Norwich and who knows mm. what will happen. Yeah, you know, you want to kind of get those stats, don't you? Because that's what people look at. But yeah. Um, we, we thought that goal at Yeovil would kick him on, didn't we? The goal yeah. that put us into the final. I thought that might be the turning point, but he, he hadn't scored since then. So no. yeah, it's not good. Bit disappointing for the lad. Um, so it's not really the award for his efforts as well because he does work no. very hard. But no. yeah, and then I guess the rest of the half is really just kind of like headed chance um, from a corner. They, they 
they did well with their, their corners. They, they created quite a few chances, they, and they should have scored, and then they finally scored from a set piece. So it was very much set pieces um, um, given chart on their best chances. And yeah, a, a decent header, I guess, but poor tracking from a Shrewsbury perspective. Oh, goes, yeah, it goes fast. So it was a bit crap, crap defending from the corner, to yeah. be honest with you. Not, not like us. Um, another sign of one of those positive things about us that's sort of drifting out of our game at the moment. And, and as I say, we're going to talk about the reasons for this at the end of the podcast, aren't we? You know, what we think has happened for us to just fall away at the end. But um, yeah, it's noticeable that and also our pressing game, which is which has really stepped off a little bit. Yeah. You know, these are all the things that we were famed for, the things that we were, we were falling in love with with this team that have really just sort of drifted out of our game. And it can't just be for one player going missing. But we'll come to that, Ollie. But yeah, there we go. Yeah. It, it wasn't great. Um, and yeah, so they no. were ahead and it didn't look like we were going to get back in it, did it? No, we didn't. Um, Dino did that fantastic save. Yes. Which was, was, was absolutely brilliant save. And then, Glenn, I've got a, uh, something I need to confess. Um, no. I left. I went home. I went home <laughs> on the 80, 80, 80 second minute. I got up and left. We just didn't look like we were going to score, did we? Um, I'd got up at 5am to go to London that day and drove from to London and then back to Shrewsbury and then mm. had to drive home. And then I was getting up before 4am on Wednesday morning to go to the Netherlands for the day and then also knew I'd be getting up before 5am on Thursday God. morning. So I was just like, extra 20 minutes in bed was I preferred. <laughs> so I've never, ever left the meadow early. No. Um, and it's not like me. I'm not, it's not me throwing the towel in, but yeah, we just weren't going to score, were we? Well, you weren't the only one to leave early, Ollie. Loads of no. people left early. And if you want me, I'm honest truth, I don't stand up from my seat and start heading out until... You know the whistle goes. Very rarely have yeah, I ever done I that. Never, to be I honest with you, I was in well. the I was in the aisle by by with about ten twenty seconds to go before the whistle went. I think most people just knew the the jig was up, and um, yeah, I, I started to get ready to go up on that on that second goal because it was really really poor. Their second goal, Sadler obviously didn't do the bass back pass, and then Hendo just hoofed it straight up in the air, didn't he? Um, and obviously this was out, miles outside his box for anyone that hasn't seen it yet. So he obviously couldn't just punch it clear. He didn't even really attempt to head it. He just stood there. The defender backed into him, got the ball, took it forward and then just passed it over him. And it was a bit embarrassing, to be honest with you, that got that goal. But in the context of the season, it didn't really make any difference. We were never going to score and, and no. get back in that game. And a second goal just sort of gave everyone sort of the free reign to uh, start heading home, really. And so I, I, don't, I don't blame anyone that went, really, because it was... Uh, you know, I was at, uh, and that's it then, we lost 2 0, we should say, but I really, I, I took it quite badly. I was really gutted about that loss. I just, even then, obviously, we had another game, Blackburn had another game against Peterborough on the Thursday night, and we played on the Tuesday. So a win here would have just about maybe, maybe, maybe kept us with a little faint hope that Peterborough could do us a favour on the Thursday. Obviously, they didn't, and Blackburn won 3 1 in the end. But I, I just, I was truly gutted at the end of this because. I'm I'm so worried about what's going to happen this season and and how we're going to let it all slip and oh god it's just it's not good and that's obviously been compounded by Barry but yeah I, no one took it particularly well I don't think did they no I think and I think it's interesting that you missed the Bradford game I felt it felt like I was when we did last time we did the pod I, was, I felt like I was a little bit ahead of you in the kind of mm. the the kind of the I don't know I think Oxford resignation kind of, yeah I think <laughs> and I, I've cashed out both of my bets I did which would have um, now I've sort of got about three hundred quid profit from them. Um, yeah. which is still fantastic and it's still an amazing season um, and yeah it's, it's very interesting online isn't it there's a lot of debate between town fans but yeah we'll come on to that again yeah, we will. Saying that. Um, but yeah so basically a mix up I'm not going to blame either players Sadlers and Hederson have been fantastic this season so we're not yep. going to criticise them on here yep. um, no. and interestingly <laughs> even though they did were involved in the mix up is I think it was a very how to say poor poor town performance um, and I went for my top three was Sadler, Henderson, Godfrey and who did you go for Glenn? I went for Sadler, Henderson for the for the save Sadler because generally he was our best defender I thought um, yeah. and, and when we have these bad performances you tend, tend to always give it Sadler because he is Mr. Consistent isn't he at least Yeah. Um, and rather than Godfrey I could have you could have thrown a hat over any of the other ones I went for Jones just for that fact it was his debut and he did look a little bit lively at times um, so yeah I don't really think he could go anywhere beyond that I mean we just talked about that game we haven't mentioned Payne once fairly anonymous wasn't he for the whole game we've not not mentioned Rodman, who's really just Rodman become a bit of a no- he's become a he no- nobody in the last few games. He's yeah. just not had an influence on any of the last few games. Um, and and even Ryan Lowe, uh, Ryan Lowe, <laughs> we'll come to Ryan Lowe in a minute. Even Max Lowe, you know, I didn't think he did that bad in the game, but we've we've not mentioned him because he just didn't really have any of it. Really didn't bring that much in the attacking attacking sense forward. He was probably a bit more solid at the back than he has been of late. So it just shows you, doesn't it? Some of the players are really just not turning up. Um, no. And as much as we we don't want to be critical of players of like Rodman and Nolan and and, and heroes Payne, this season, you know, but you got to be honest, they, haven't we? You got to be honest about these games. It was awful. It was probably one of the worst losses of the season in terms of overall performance, and you can't really sugar 
coat it any other way. No, no, it was poor. It was mm. poor and very disappointing. So, um, yeah, so what did Paul Hurst have to say? So second half, we weren't as good as we, sh- we should have been. First half, we were good. I'm not going to be too critical of this team. We're disappointed. It means we're in the playoffs. Uh, would have taken at the start of the season. Um, you know, we know that. Um, he said we didn't win enough headers, and it's tied to the game. Early in the season, we would have gone one and up and one. Um, which is um, which is true, um, but yeah, um, yeah. it's one of those one of those one of those things. And um, yeah, we moved on to Saturday. Yeah, I would just say one thing before we move on to Barry Ollie is I I wouldn't mind playing Charlton in the playoffs. I, I just still didn't think they were brilliant to be honest. No, with you. they and weren't brilliant. They, they did enough to beat a poor Shrewsbury Town team, yeah. but uh, you know, of all the teams we played recently, um, I, I'd be more confident playing Charlton than probably any than of the others. Plymouth. At the moment. Wouldn't want to play yeah. Plymouth or Rotherham. No. Uh, but we'll come on to the playoffs um, in a couple of weeks. We've got a couple <laughs> we'll of weeks to, do a to special prepare on that, for, we? <laughs> we got, yeah, we've got a couple of weeks to prepare for the for the playoffs. And if and if our, the games keep going as they are, we'll yeah, we'll probably spend most of the times looking forward rather than reviewing <laughs> reviewing the games. So yeah, we came to and um, played Berry on a very nice sunny um, Saturday. Um, Berry didn't bring many fans. I kind of started <laughs> counting them a little bit, um, and I think I got to about. I think I got. I assume there was about eighty or one hundred or something like that. Uh, not very many, and to be fair, you can't blame them for that. Um, God, if, if, if the situation were reversed, as much as I love Shrewsbury Town, there's no chance I'd have gone no, to Berry. No, it's a fair <laughs> so play to fair those play guys. To I, I did, um, obviously, you know, I always say I've got my my friends, I've got my Berry mates, and I, I t- sent a picture of them, of the Berry players warming up, and I said, you know, name them in one word. And um, yeah, one of the responses I got back was clueless. Um, mm. But they weren't clueless in this game, and they came with a game plan, um, which seemed to work for them. Um, so yeah, so we came into this game, and Berry had been only been relegated. Um, yep. And a one-all draw um, with fifty-seven thousand at home, with Easter scoring and then um, Barry scoring in the second half, means yeah. that Barry have taken four points off us. It's frustration. It's, it's, <laughs> when you look at the gap, there's going to be end of the season. You could easily pick six to eight points against the poorest teams in this league. We let slip meekly. Yeah, and mm. Be- and Barry have got thirty-two points this season, and they've got four of them against us. Um, <laughs> God, so that's not good, is it? Not a good, not a good stat. Um, so who? So yeah, we played um, a different formation um, this week. We played the kind of one of the um, we've played you know vast majority of our um, our games with a very similar setup um, obviously there's tweaks to it that we've seen um, but mm. this week we played well it was set up 3-4-3 three, three, um, but it didn't yeah. always work that way did it Glenn so who yeah, so who, who who was playing Glenn so yeah Henderson in goal um, the back three centre centre backs really were Toto Sadler and Beckles and then we had sort of nominally wing-backs, but uh, as we'll come to talk about in a minute, they didn't do a lot of winging. Um, Bolton on the one side and Lowe on the other, and then Godfrey and Bryn Morris in central midfield, and then sort of just ahead of them were Rodman and Issa providing support to Carlton Morris up front. So, yeah, a very, very different tactic. And, you know, we should just say Peterborough obviously lost to Blackburn in the week before um, on the Thursday night, so basically we, we couldn't go up now, could we, automatically. So this was about trying to t- try out new players, and obviously trying to try out new formations. And so obviously with Issa starting and a new formation, you know, I kind of can see what Hurst is trying to do. But on the evidence of this, if we're going to do that for the next three games, it's not going to be particularly entertaining to watch, Ollie. No, it's not. It's not. <laughs> I mean, actually, let's just jump forward. So um, Paul Hurst says um, two couple of things. He said, um, you know, he said he didn't think um, the fans understood how we set up. Um, which I thought was a bit odd dig at the fans. Yeah. Um, and then there's a big gap. He spoke a lot. And then he had also mentioned another thing about the fans. And so he said, we know we need to get ready for the playoff. Um, you know, the supporters might not um, like like to see some of the things that I'm doing, but I'm yeah. okay with it. Um, and interestingly, he did mention, you know, we were much deeper in the press and that was quite evident, wasn't it? They had to really cut that to come over to our halfway line before we pressed them at all. Yeah. Um, and I don't mind that. I don't mind us trying some different things. But yeah, we certainly didn't play three uh, three four three this week. Um, we we kind of retreated onto our shell. And I, I do wonder, Ollie, just talking about shape. Whether obviously we should say Payne's got a slight nick, hasn't he? A slight yeah. muscle strain of some kind. I'd have suspected that he would have done a four four two in this game. Um, and I, I know he wants to try new shapes, but if we were ever going to go with the two strikers, it would have been against the team's league's worst team. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No, we wouldn't definitely. try that against Peterborough on Tuesday. I suspect we'll probably play something slightly more like we played against Berry on Tuesday night against Peterborough. Yeah, I think if Sam Jones might have been fit. He might have played him as a proper number ten shadow striker as well, playing yeah, that possibly. kind of four four two. Because yeah, I, I I think I, I do worry a little bit if we if we played 
two real strikers that, again, the central midfielders get isolated. But I think Sam Jones playing that kind of drifting role would be quite an interesting um, kind of, yeah, I think 4-4-2 with Sam Jones at front. I'd, I'd be quite keen to watch, see that mm. that, that yeah, kind of yeah. style. But the, but the game did start quite well. So, um, you know, the first 30 minutes, I thought we did all right. We got the ball forward, played some nice stuff. And yeah, um, our boy Issa, he scored a, a wonderful goal and the goal that everyone, um, all the Shrewsbury Town fans have been hoping to see um, since mm. we signed him because obviously everyone had seen his, his clips on YouTube. And um, yeah, nice goal. Yeah, his clips on YouTube showed us two things, didn't it? He's, he's good at directly running at people and he's got a pretty hard shot. And both of those were evident in the goal where he sort of just you know picked it up on the halfway line, kept going, sort of half lost it, picked it back up, put it onto his right foot and lashed it in the bottom corner, didn't he? Which was which is fantastic. And, and you know, we can talk, it's going to go downhill from here, Ollie, but, you know, Issa's performance and, and the goal were the highlight of the whole match, weren't they, really? It was it was encouraging to see someone who's potentially going to be able to break through, you know, in the end of this season, start of next season. He's obviously got a little bit of talent about him. There's a few raw things about his game that then started yeah. to show themselves as it went on, but something to get, at least get a little bit excited about there. But, um, you know, that was 13 minutes and, and really... <laughs> Really, that was about as good as it got, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. I think the highlight of my day was probably getting my suit sorted with my mate Phil for my wedding. <laughs> um, we, me and Phil um, went for some lunch after we'd sorted the suits out um, with Becky. Becky had to fly off for her wedding dress thing. And then um, me and Phil got the game quite early, so we actually saw the players warming up. It was quite, mm. It's quite interesting to get the game a bit earlier, isn't it? You know, we're just having a bit of a chin wag. And he's yeah. quite, um, he's quite um, wiry, he's quite thin. Uh, Very. But I tell you what, be quite. Um, I said to Phil, we were both chatting and saying... Um, be interesting to see what Skitty can do with them, um, Issa of a full preseason. Well, yeah, look at what what can Ganua. Yeah, exactly. I mean? changed. Yeah. Exactly. So I think I think he'll be quite. I think you know next season. I think he might be a bit of a different animal. Hopefully, he'll still have his rawness yeah. and his you know his exciting and his kind of pressing. Um, He's very young still. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, I think we've started calling him. You know, we've got the shop. I think we can call Abuisa the rake for the moment. He's <laughs> literally rake thin, isn't he? And, and I do worry when he goes glashing into challenges that he's going to get broken. But he was quite robust, I thought, in terms of how he ha- handled himself for for a young lad and and say not an overly muscular player. But actually, that that was so, it's sort of Rodman esque. He sort of drifted and glided a little bit. I thought, which was nice. Obviously, Rodman's not been doing that in the recent games. But when he was at his best, he was like that. And I think he's going to kind of be a little bit like that. Quite whether he's got in, in any end product. Obviously, he scored one on his on his debut which is always fantastic what his crossing's like we didn't really get to see too much so there's lots of things I'd like to see him develop and, and, and come on but yeah you know good start and, and it was funny on it him and his brother scoring in the same minute Ollie, they did yeah so that was really quite random. fun yeah that was kind of fun so obviously if you're watching straight start Saturday that's been quite um, quite amusing I'm sure Jeff would have <laughs> gone on about that one but yeah just for what was the goal so those who didn't see it um, he kind of got the ball on the left flank um, he kind of dribbled through did one man he kind of got shoulder bars and kind of looked like he kind of got the ball taken off him but he yeah. managed to kind of get his toe on it so great perseverance got the ball back the other lad landed up on the floor and then yeah got onto the outside near the D and just fired it home into the bottom corner so yeah fantastic um, goal and yeah set us up to what we would hope was going to be um, yeah an entertaining good um, win to get us back into some form against the, the worst team in the league yeah you haven't mentioned the best thing about this goal though Ollie what did he do after he scored? Uh, he did a little jig Cool dance, isn't he? Yeah, so I'm the sure. most important I don't thing. know if he's been listening to this podcast and he thought I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna get that Glenn guy really happy. Um, Glenn, oh don't stop. <laughs> so yeah, um, bloody... <laughs> I'm sure you've been called Glenn all your life. Um, yeah, it's annoying. Uh, but yeah, so um, yeah, so do you? I bet you enjoyed that little jig. It was good. It was nice to see him have a little dance, and and you know he looks like a sort of lad who's obviously loved loved scoring his first professional goal, and it's always good to see someone do that, isn't it? So. Um, yeah, there we go. I think we've done our ESA. We'll have to see how he develops over the next few months. But um, yeah, lots to look forward to. And as you say, we were ahead then. You know, Barry, to me, Barry quite a stocky team, I thought. Um, and, you know, as much as we were ahead, and, and we probably played our best football in that first 15 to 20 minute spell, I thought. But you could see Barry figuring us out. Do you not, did you not think? They, they? I don't think Barry thought we were going to play the tactic we were going to play. They'd obviously prepared in the week to play our usual tactic, I thought. And there was a lot of, if you looked at Ryan Lowe and, and, and the players, there was a lot of sort of pointing and moving around. And, you know, Ryan Lowe was quite quite active on the bench. And I think that he'd seen that we would try something different. And he then tried to move people around to deal with it. And to me, that worked. You know, yeah. having watched the game, they really figured us out and started to find the gaps and play in between our lines and, that's where it started to go downhill for us. And in, in the whole thing, to me, it looked like we just stayed that static formation the whole time. We didn't really try to change them when Barry did. And they didn't really change it around formation-wise, from what I can make out. They just 
kind of figured out how to play that tactic a bit better and they started you know as the game went on they started to dominate but yeah that first 20 minutes was positive but from yeah. that onwards it wasn't <laughs> and then yeah there was a, f- a f- yeah they they had a few chances um and then yeah we definitely sat back at this point didn't we so it was definitely a bank of five a bank of four and then a striker yeah. in the kind of distance um, and you could see those lines <laughs> occasionally we got to three at the back um, but then, yeah, we went to yeah, we kind of went. It was definitely a bank of five, four. And when we got the ball, the 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 full backs, they weren't wing backs in this game. Pushed forward a little no. bit, um, but it was clear that for me that one of the one of the biggest frustrations of the game is that obviously all season we've a lot of teams in this division still play some quite a few teams, not a lot, but quite a few teams play with two in the middle, um, but or three in the middle, so obviously get matched up there. But and our best player's always been getting that extra man and taking the ball, and we do try to play some football. But having mm-hmm. the extra man at the back th- in the back three meant that that's where we ended up passing the ball a lot, and it was quite frustrating. And I didn't mind if we passed the ball along the back if then there's an out ball and then we have a bit of an attack. But we there just wasn't any attack, and yeah, the confidence and and the kind of the you know if you're going to play passing football, you need to be confident and mm. um, and and be willing to take risks with the ball. But no one was willing to do that, and yeah, apart from um, apart from Brim Morris having that shot from the edge of the box, um, the second half kind of just ebbed away, and yeah, the, the, the it wasn't the best first half. It wasn't, and Bryn, Bryn Morris' shot from the edge of the box was, was probably one of the highlights, but I thought Bryn Morris' passing as the game went on got worse and worse, and he started playing Hollywood passes straight out of play, oh, and it some was of really frustrating. And the, but yeah. the thing is, the first half an hour, he was, I thought he was one of our best players. He looked really up for it, he was positive, um, and yeah, the confidence seemed to ebb away quite quickly. I mean, yeah, we should talk about the atmosphere, which I don't really think helped anyway. It was quite a, this, you know, even when we were winning, it was all right, but then it sort of just ebbed away, and as... And as, as you know, we started to play poorly. Even though the game didn't really matter too much now, there was definitely a sort of air of, you know, this last few almost. months. Yeah, and, and also a sort of build-up of the, of the month or so not going the way we would want to and just that sort of creeping in of, of disappointment and negativity, definitely negativity towards the players and much more shouting and frustration being, you know, I think even Lewis Cox tweeted on about, I don't know, 36 minutes that there was there was airs of sort of like, you know, fans roaring when a misplaced pass went straight out of play or we'd given the ball away cheaply, which we were doing a lot. And, you know, we've not really had that this season. No. And, and I think it's fair to, I think it's fair for the fans to show their frustration because, you know, we can't continue like this up into the playoffs, I don't think. You know, everyone's saying we you could lose all the games, it won't really matter as long as you turn up in the playoffs, but I'm, I'm not sure. I think we need I to get some kind of I don't think you can do that, can you? No. Yeah, you know, you know, I think the, the, you know, to do well in the playoffs, you need to come into a bit of form. Yeah, he certainly just out the game, Bryn, for me. And, um, yeah, Hendo made a good save, but... I don't know, it was quite I suppose it was quite an even game across the first half. They definitely got back into it and probably had better chances, but um Yeah, I'd say we just about edged it. Obviously the goal yeah. and then obviously, you know, a good bit of, a good bit of play at times. Um but yeah, frustration. Low was alright, wasn't he? Yeah, low low was alright. But did a bit bit, skill. he did yeah, that all oh, that bit of skill he did um in the first half was fantastic when he completely mm. did the fullback, uh, which was a bit of a highlight. So there was some entertaining parts in the first half. Unfortunately mm. the second half wasn't really the same, was it? I, I said on Tuesday night on Twitter, you know, the Charlton second half, if we had a worse 45 minutes this season, I think that we almost beat it on Saturday because <laughs> it was dire, real dire. Yeah. And worse than Charlton, where we did show a little bit of fight, I suppose, because we knew it kind of mattered, but obviously we got beat in the end. But yeah, it was just just very, very it's almost as if It's almost as if Paul's instruction and Paul Hurst's instruction to um, not press in their half, was turned to not press at all. Um, there was no press. I there was no mean. press, and everyone's a bit lazy and lackadaisical, kind of tracking back. And yeah, it was it was quite poor. And I guess that's yeah, it's almost sums up in terms of the goal. So Toto did a, I called it, I've written here, a careless, sloppy, very poor push in the back. This was this was quite a consistent thing in our game. Beckles did it quite a few times, just like mm. sloppy hands in the back and. There's no need for it. And, you know, a lot of the fans around me were getting annoyed with the referee for giving fouls. And if you keep putting your hands in the back, you're going to get a foul. It's just something that we need to... I don't know. Again, it's a bit sloppy. And, yeah, so Toto did a poor header. um, Sorry, a a, a sloppy foul. They take a quick free kick. um, They run in. Basically, Sadler's isolated. Two men. um, They score. Then Dino went absolutely mental, didn't he? Mm. Well, I think when we talked about the lacklusterness of of the second-half performance, it was compounded by the goal wasn't it you know yeah. to to switch off like that from a free kick and, and a quick free kick and you know this is Berry who would, should be devoid of all confidence and worrying about their summer holidays not trying to beat us for us to, to get done by them like that it was just really poor and, and it was pretty much you know the, the two centre midfielders and all the centre backs and, and even the left back I think were just culpable in not at least one of them switching on enough to try and cut it out and um 
yeah, I mean, I don't blame Dino for going mental. <laughs> he goes mental at the goals, normally in a positive way. But, you know, I need to see a bit more of that from him at the moment. He really needs to be sort of G in him on. He is probably one of the team leaders in the dressing room, you'd imagine. Um, be nice to see him giving him a bit of a, a G up because they need something. They need to kick up a butt at the moment. Yeah, no, definitely. I definitely agree with that. So, yeah, so, um, yeah, you kind of, yeah. What were, I guess, one of the things that kind of made you chuckle a little bit, Glenn, was offsides. Oh, yeah. I mean, very awful. This is the most frustrating thing about it. They figured us out and, and they played us off the park in the second half, but they were, they're not a good team, I suspect, by the fact they've been relegated already. And um, yeah, they, they were off. You know, the amount of chances they could have had if they'd learned the offside rule would have been, you know, we probably could have lost that 3 or 4 1 because they were offside all the time, their strikers. And it was very much like Ryan Lowe when he played for us. He was <laughs> noted and famed for being offside all the time. So, you know, at least they've learned that off their, uh, off their manager. But yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, that. that played into our hands a little bit because it was only time we were sort of relieving a bit of pressure sometimes was getting free kicks. And what would happen, Ollie? We turfed it forward to Carl Morris, who by, say, 60 minutes was spent. There was not a lot left in Carl Morris after 60 minutes. And I couldn't believe he didn't get subbed off earlier. Did you? Could you? I'm surprised we didn't make changes earlier. Um, really? Yeah. I understand the manager wanted to try and, you know, you can't just... You can't try a formation and just give up straight away. But when it's clear that, um, I guess, Paul Hurst decided to go for the tactical kind of experimentation over the result which is understandable as a manager and I can, I'll give him some respect for that for kind of sticking to his guns but as a fan it's not what you want to see is it? Um, yeah, you're going to get many fans back down the meadow in the last two games this season no, I that. no I think so too I think I think you're right there Glenn um, and I think I don't know. I, you know, I, I'm not always one for going for two strikers, but I think this was again, as you said earlier in the pod. I think, yeah. I think this was the game to kind of get the shop on, get someone else on, and yeah, try and just get the ball forward. You know, just, okay, if we're not going to try and play football, let's just play direct and let's just try and get. For, you know, let's go for the, um, the percentage balls off the, the two men and try and get the ball in the box. I'm convinced he doesn't really fancy Gnu or the shop much anymore. From the fact that neither of them started this game no. and really didn't come on until the last few minutes, I think he just thinks they've had their chance and um, I'm not really going to end up using them in the playoffs so I don't need to, to put them in. To, yeah, I mean, Carlton Morris was it was a like-for-like swap for the top, for the shop, wasn't it? They're very similar types of players in terms of you're just going to ping up to a bloke to try and bring down and bring others in. That's really all the shops offered this season as well. So I didn't really see why Morris stayed on there. And I'm not, I just don't know what he's doing for his confidence. Because he didn't, he looked frustrated. For the for the first time, it was very clear to me, personally watching it, he looked proper frustrated in, in the Bury game. And um, you know, is subbing him off going to make him feel worse and really put him down in the dumps or was leaving him on more of a, a sort of bonus from the manager to say, look, I back you, keep going, you know, I'm leaving you on in this game. And then eventually he got subbed off with a couple of minutes to go, didn't he? Which is a bit of a nothing, but very, very odd to be honest with you. And, and you could, but you could have subbed quite a lot of players, to be honest with you, couldn't you? And even the ones that came on didn't impress. I thought Thomas had one shot, didn't he? But he wasn't wasn't any good really when he came on. Um, Ganua just... I don't know. I just I don't know much about Ganu really. He's not done anything. No, he hasn't done anything to impress. <laughs> Rochdale was um, pathetic performance. We were we were trying to be quite polite after that, weren't we? And try and be the kind of yeah. context and not go too hard. But his passing was just so pathetically tame um, that I'm surprised I've seen him play again in the town shirt. He was that bad. Um, mm. And and also he did it again where he gave he gave when he did come on he um, he encouraged their player to run down the wing. It's yeah. like don't yeah. don't pass it back to your central defender. But you can run down the wing if you want. Um, I think he's a bit naive and he needs to um, yeah, improve on that part of the game. Otherwise, he's never going to make it in the Football League. So, so, anyway. Worrying. Yeah, top three, Glenn. <laughs> who did you go for? Uh, I went for, I mean, everyone went for Issa. He was the only standout positive, yeah. really, wasn't he, in terms of a, of a positive performance. But even, as I say, even he tied towards the end and, and didn't really have much of an influence in the second half, I didn't think. No. Um, I went for Sadler second, for similar to what I said for the, for the other game, when, when everyone's pretty poor. He stands out as the consistent one. I know he didn't do too well but a couple of times, but in general... You know, you couldn't really blame him for the for the goal too much, could you? So, um, yeah, there we go. And I gave it Godfrey. I just, uh, like I said before, his drive has been back. He's just been being let down by who's supporting him in field. To be honest with you. Yeah, I went for Ice as well. And after that, I just couldn't really, didn't really know to put. Um, <laughs> generally, Come. I had absolutely no idea who to go for. Um, so I kind of went for Morris because I thought he did well in the first twenty minutes. But after that, he was pretty poor. Um, and yeah. Low, I thought was pretty solid. Maybe maybe Low yeah. should be second, um, but. It was pretty hard, pretty hard to choose from him. Yeah. Did he leave early? 
honest. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't leave early. No, um, a lot of people did. That was a one-off for me, really. And yeah, so what did Paul Hurst have to say? He said first half some decent performance. Then five minutes after the start of the second half, we were far too slow, which we, we which we would definitely agree with. He said Issa can be pleased, um, and then he said if you keep giving the ball away to the opposition, you're not going to be successful. Um, and then he was asked basically, did um, well, you know, Nolan and Wally are they going to play again on Tuesday? Um, yeah. From his tone, I don't think uh, I don't think. Um, Nolan and Wally will play oh, again until the playoffs, or maybe maybe next Saturday away at Blackpool. Um, oh, so yeah, so so that was um, so that was um, a disappointing draw. Again, four points for Berry now, and um, yeah, it's probably worth spending a bit of time, isn't it, Glenn? Just kind of having a discussion about what's happened. You know, why why is the why why have we had this drop of form? Yeah, I mean. We just are rubbish without a go-go. Should we just leave it at that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think a go-go is huge, isn't it? I think if you had to you know, name number one reason, um, you know, you definitely would go for a go-go. His drive, his pressing, and I think um, I think it's interesting. Um, I, can't, I was listening to the radio this afternoon, and you know, they're saying sometimes you need a leader to kind of on the pitch to kind of drive you forward. And I think I think that I think a go-go missing from our team is um, is, is is huge, and, and I think that's a, a great example, isn't it? Unfortunately for yeah. us, it's a great example of you know how one player can be so important to a team. Um, you know, he's our Roy Keane, isn't he? He is our Roy Keane, and, and let's say this is one of a few things we we'll end up talking about now. But you know, I think a go-go. Uh, you know, we've looked at the stats of what happens when we don't have him, and and, and we have basically only won about twenty percent of all the games he's been missing in the three years he's been here, which is pretty low to compare to the usual percentage, which is much higher. Um, and, and we do well with him. You know, when he's in the team, obviously all this season when we, when we had him in the team, we've been doing fantastic. So he is a big player, but I still think we should have enough to to be beating teams like Barry or, or or at least putting up credit credible performances. And um, we just haven't been doing it. So it's, it goes beyond missing a go go. I think we've had a few players carrying injuries. To be honest with you, we've had yeah. pain with his sort of muscular injuries where he's been in and out. Rodman's obviously got his bad back. We've been talking about Nolan all season having this little niggle he's been playing with, and it's notable that you know those are probably you know the ones that are going to get the biggest rests up to the edge of the playoffs. So yeah. we've got that. Obviously, Brown missing all season is one thing, but you can't really put fingers on that now for the last months kind kind of form because Beckles probably had been playing you know his best football sort of March you know January through to March really until it tailed off. But yeah, I don't think on that. I mean. Whatever, whatever things have you got then you know I've written down fitness confidence and belief really but yeah, yeah what else would you throw into that mix before we talk about them um, yeah I'd, I think for me I think I think definitely a loss of form um, I think a confidence thing is definitely right I think yeah. it's 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 like almost like a, a, a team performing really well is kind of like you know it's like a stack of cards isn't it you've got confidence belief form organisation you know the kind of that that willingness to kind of fight and yeah I think all those little little margins have all just kind of fallen away if that makes sense yeah yeah well it was always very fine margins yeah you know this season wasn't it with our goals and stuff and you and know our results and our one nil wins and stuff yeah um, yeah and I think yeah I, I noticed it a lot and it's a bit unfair maybe to pick on Bolton too much but for me it was very evident he was very evident for me in the Charlton game every time he got the ball pretty much every time he just hoofed it down the line um, where earlier in the season he would have taken a few seconds, try to pass it to Godfrey, to Nolan, a go-go. Um, maybe it's a little bit there. Maybe he's thinking, go-go's not there, so I'm not going to pass it. I've got no one to pass it to. And he just flungs it down the line. It make, makes a really difficult ball for Morris to go after. He, he undoubtedly doesn't win the ball, and then it comes no. back at us again. And it, that just then puts the pressure back on us. And as Hurst mentioned um, in the... Um, in Saturday, on Saturday after the Berry game, if you keep giving the ball away, you know you're not going to be successful. And it's all those little margins. You know, when we were talking about why we're doing so well earlier in the season, it's the same things, but now we're in reverse. Mm. And for me, when you talk uh, talk about confidence, I had an interesting discussion on, on, with a couple of people this weekend. I've been out with. You know, would would we have been? Would we be in this situation now of, of you know out of the automatic promotion places? Had we lost, you know, two rounds ago in the Checker Trade final, or even won the Checker Trade final? Do you think? That that that's a pure sort of confidence sink for us. That's one of the things that's really, really now hit us when you look at it. Um, you know, do you think we? Do you think if we'd have say got knocked out, you know, a couple of rounds back, we would have had to have played three less games? You know, is there's, there's an argument for saying that really the Czech trade trophy, looking back, was maybe a distraction and also has ended up costing us a little bit. I think, I think the Czech trade is. I, I can see why you'd make that point. Mm. I think that. If you take check, if you can take the checkers rules all out, I think the kind of the kind of the writing was on the after Northampton um, and a go getting suspended and then mm. getting a knee injury. It's almost felt inevitable this was going to happen, and we've been waiting all season for this to happen. Um, 
you know, let's just not forget this has been a remarkable season, unbelievable season. Um, yeah. And I'm sure, you know, if he's taken position from a Wigan and Blackburn fan, I bet they've been waiting for us to do this. And yeah, it's almost yeah. like, you know, it's almost like, you know, oh, finally, this is this is this has finally happened. You know, it took all the way to April for that to happen. So I, I can see why you draw conclusions on Lincoln. Yeah. Maybe maybe Lincoln has been a bit more of a catalyst. It's sped up the kind of the the result, um, kind of reduction in form, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's true. A catalyst is a good way to describe it, actually, isn't it? It's, yeah, it's kind of spun us into into that poor form quicker, hasn't yeah, it, I exactly. guess, than if, than if we hadn't had that, that concern. And other than Oxford in the last month, really, which was probably the only positive result we can look at, everything's been pretty down, hasn't it? So, yeah, there we go. I mean, I, I wrote fitness down, Ollie, and you put, do you mean the school squad? And I, I think I kind of do in some respects. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the, the squad size... Because I think they're really fit still. Um, uh, and yeah. Hurst mentioned as well, you know, you can't keep pressing all season. No. You know, people talk about this Klopp's team, don't they? And Pep, yeah. Pep Guardiola's team, you know, you've got to have a mix. And I guess that just comes back to the squad, doesn't it? You know, is it small? And, you know, we look at Nolan, we look at the players, and you bring in Ganua and the shop. And the, the quality is not just the same, is it? No, when you look at Jones, who came in and clearly wasn't fit enough to do a press for the whole game, and I'd say the same about Ganua, I'd say the same about Issa as well at the moment. You know, if you're bringing him in, he's not played enough football to be at that. You know, when you look at the levels that Agogo and Nolan and Godfrey are at, particularly when they're pressing in the whole game, they are immense, aren't they? Their fitness, their fitness work has been amazing this season, and they've just not stopped running. Yeah. You can't expect players who have not played hard any football to come in and do that same job. So I can understand why Hurst has to change things around when he's using these these reserve type players. But the reason being is that we might have recruited maybe some slightly more robust players. You know, there's an argument for we definitely missed out on a striker in the January transfer window, and potentially that's something that's hurt us as well. And you know, if we'd have had a striker that came in January and had bagged five or six goals up to this point and was in confidence, we might have taken some of these chances in the last few games. You know, we're going to have to unpack all this at the end of the season. Yeah. There's there's a myriad of things. But for me, one of the things I think has just come out of us, particularly in the last five games, is just a sense of belief. I don't think looking at them, they thought they could really get back into it. And I thought it was telling. As much as they spoke well after the Bradford game, Nolan and Wally... I wasn't convinced when they got asked the question about going for it still. There was a sort of just like, we're going to keep pushing, we're going to keep going. But I didn't I didn't believe that they thought they could do it still. And I'm sure that was probably not the same for all the players. And maybe they did believe it, but you know what I mean? You just kind of read the way it's gone. I don't know these players, yeah. so who knows? But just think a little bit of belief's come out of them. And it certainly did in the last two games. They really had just gone then. Yeah, and so I put a question out to um, to Town fans before the pod. So I said, why do you think Salop Town, of Salop's form has suffered a downturn <laughs> Um, and quite a few people. So um, Ryan um, Humphrey said, uh, despite the injuries and suspension, we've been found out. Teams are actually doing us what we've been doing to the normal season. And I think that I think there's definitely some merit of that. I think, you know, if you think about the um, the Charlton game, the Berry game, the Bradford game and the Lincoln game, neither of them have tried to play football against us. You know, they've no. all gone, let's gonna go direct, let's hit them, let's hit go long, let's go fast, let's get in their faces. Um, and that's but that's obviously had a result for them. Jack said um, injuries and tiredness and lack of belief. So and also importantly the checker trade. So he's very much in the same kind of camp as Euglin, yeah, um, Some of the same yeah. things. A lot of people have mentioned a go go, and also um, yeah, someone also mentioned. So James also mentions you know a, a dip in form in Toto um, and tiredness because he's played a lot of games. Um, so that's quite an interesting one. And I think you know we're not criticising the players here, are we? We're just talking about why we think we've had a drop of form. Yeah, and and it's interesting. Go on. I was gonna, one thing I was going to say there is it's interesting because you do get this this sense on on social media and you know Blue and Amber and other places that people are afraid to be critical about this team yep. now for the sake of saying well we've done better than any team has done in a generation and it, why should you be critical why should we be critical and I always think people like that are probably the ones that that are the most nervous about this team does that make sense because yeah. they can't accept any criticism because they think if they are they're going to suddenly remember that yeah we, you know we could do a talkie in the playoffs you know and you've got to you've got to accept the good and the bad and we've been accepting good all this season we've very rarely said anything negative this whole season but you can't if, if we'd have played like we have for the last 10 games we'd have been in a relegation battle you can't really sugarcoat that any other way can you no I, th- I, I well I disagree with you there. I think some fans think that as a fan you're a supporter and you should be supporting uh, yes. ir- irrelevant so I, th- I think there's some of that. I think that, you know, people also, you know, there was a debate on Facebook, wasn't there, about the formation. And someone said, you know, you can't question Hurst. Well, 
you can question Hurst. It's a football. That's why people love footballers. Is the and that's why we do a podcast. Is is you can debate it. You can have different yes. views on it. But again, as we keep stressing in this section, you know, we're not taking anything away from Paul Hurst. And you know, he's a fantastic manager. He's got manager of the season for a reason. Um, yeah. But I think it's yeah, Best it's important to debate it. And I think it's also important for fans to kind of you know discuss this and get this out and have a chat about it because you know you know I think it's 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 important that people discuss it and not just um you know either not or just forget about it or yeah bottle it up. If it does go awry in the playoffs and we end this season having come close to achieving lots of brilliant things and achieve nothing, there's a there's an interest there is an interesting debate to have about this season as to whether you look back on it with just pure fondness or a massive tinge of disappointment. Yeah. It's it, it all fans look at things different ways. Is your cup half full or is your cup half empty? You know, a lot of times people will say I'm a cup half empty kind of person. I always look at the negatives, but I don't doesn't stop me giving positives. And I think other people are different and even, you know, friends of ours that have been on this podcast look at things in very different ways. And I don't think that 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 debate is an is a negative thing personally. And if you did a podcast where all you were was a supporter, i.e. you only said and thought positive things, it would be the most boring podcast <laughs> yeah, in the world. I don't, so, I don't you know, think we would we wouldn't have <laughs> Yeah, I think I don't think I don't think, don't think our listener numbers would be growing. Um, no, I think they'd be going no, down. Not quite. No, so yeah, so it's an interesting <laughs> debate. So yeah, please and please, guys, please send your thoughts in on Twitter. We got a lot of responses very quickly on Twitter. And if you kind of want to join the kind of the, the football debate, I'd say the football debate has really moved on to Twitter in the last six months. Um, so yeah, follow Glyn. Um, so what's your what's your handle, Glyn? At blue and Van De, blue and amber fanzine. Yeah. and yeah, you're on at Saladcast, yeah. aren't you? And we both use that a little bit sometimes. But yeah, it, it's been some good stuff on on Twitter and Facebook. Facebook and Blue and Amber in the last few weeks. I think about you know what it means to be a fan of this football club this year, and, and you know I I am feeling already if it goes wrong in the playoffs, and and let's just say Ollie, we've got every chance in the playoffs. Paul Hurst seems very confident about it. I can't wait for us to have a crack at it. It might be excellent. We get to the final, or it might be you know Graham Turner talkie esque, and we got knocked out straight away. Who knows what will happen? It's a complete lottery, but I fancy Hursty to be making us at least competitive. But if I asked you right now, Ollie, straight up, do you think we'll win the playoffs? What would you say? No. <laughs> exactly and and there are lots of people who are saying yes but you know you, you if you've got to take your judgment on what you've seen over the last few weeks it doesn't feel too good and that's that's the reason why what we've just discussed all that stuff now Paul Hurst can try as many different tactics and players as he wants deep down it's very difficult and I know teams have done it someone pointed out Millwall lost their last three games last year going into the playoffs because they rested loads of players and they won the playoffs but I'll bet that's an outlier I'll bet you that's not a common occurrence or it could just be a, the modern way of management resting players and not just playing your team but mm. but it'd be interesting to see and yeah you know <laughs> that's, I'm not going to be uh, I'm not going to I'm going to be obviously absolutely ecstatic if we're in the championship next year uh, but let's see what happens Fingers crossed, mate. Fingers yeah. crossed. Well, anyway, we're going to move on now to predictions, and also we've got a little competition yeah. this week for a for a prize. There we go. Things are looking up for you. <laughs> um, so yeah, we'll move on to that now. Live, having to concentrate, but Grant Hull just pulled one, nipping in front of Richard Cow and backing his 14th of the season, and there is still time here for Shrewsbury. So our competition and prediction section, which before we get into, we did forget to mention something, Ollie, when we were talking about sort of general news. Um, we should just say on behalf of uh, the Saladcast and probably all the fans and everyone's already passed on their good messages, um, Dean Henderson made the PFA team of the year for League One, which is a, an absolutely fantastic uh, achievement for him personally. Um, this is the one which is voted for by all of the professional footballers um, across the divisions. So you're voted in by your peers, basically. And um, some people were disappointed. A couple of our other players didn't make it in, but it was four from Wigan, four from Blackburn and, and a sort of sprinkling of other teams, which probably is a fair reflection of how the league's ended up now, isn't it? But certainly not getting in the other team you know the EFL team of the year it was good for Henderson to get some recognition for his fantastic season yeah no definitely it was, yeah, it was nice to have a player in, in, in the PFA team of the year um, shame um, Nolan and Toto that didn't get in but yeah but, but that's that's life isn't it but yeah great for, for Henderson and um, yeah hopefully it's um, yeah, something I'm sure he cherished yeah I, I think it's it's very well deserved and uh, as I say he's got big things ahead of us hasn't he but uh, who knows where that will be next season? We shall keep an eye on him. He's certainly going to be someone that town fans keep an eye on in the future, aren't they? As, as one of our own now, in a, in a weird kind of sense. But um, yeah, well done, Dino. Um, yeah, good work. Um, before we get on to predictions, um, which we did rubbish at again, Ollie. Um, we've got a competition, haven't we? Yes, so we do have. You explain what we've got to give away. Yeah. So, um, partnership with um, Haley Inc. Um, they're offering a free print. So, if, I don't know if you've seen this, Glenn. Um, there's that. Um, there's mugs um, that have been sold by a website called Haley Inc. Where they put. Um, done a, a drawing of some of our th- nine most famous shirts. Yeah, um, looks fantastic. Yeah, yeah, so I ordered the mug. Actually, it was really good. It came pretty quickly. Um, it was twelve quid. Um, so yeah, I like having a selection of football mugs, and I've got quite a few Shrewsbury ones now. So I've got some from the club <laughs> as well. But yeah, have take a look at it, and 
essentially what um, what the guys at Hey League have done is they've offered us a free print. Um, so what we'll do is, so basically you'll share the question in a second, Glint. Um, and yep. then whoever um, sends the correct answer to um, our email address, and our email address is salopcast1886 at gmail.com. We'll put that out on Twitter and on Facebook so everyone can see it and easily send us an email. But whoever sends the correct answer um, to our email address, we'll put into a draw, which we'll do on Friday. And we won't put the question out on Twitter or Facebook, Ollie. It's only for people who actually listen to this podcast at the end, isn't it? So you've got a pretty good chance of winning it, I reckon. If you, if you, <laughs> you make it this late. <laughs> it depends how many people listen right to the end. My mum always falls asleep, she tells me, before the end of the podcast. So um, <laughs> there we go. Um, yes, so do you want the question, Ollie? Go ahead. Okay. The question is then, how many players have played for Shrewsbury Town with the second name Gale, spelt G-A-Y-L-E? So, so you can send us the number that you think it is, and if you're clever, you can also send us the the, the players' names as well if you want. Uh, I was almost said the number there. Aren't no, so, um, yeah, I, I, there you I, go. I don't need to say the players' names. Surely you can't just say the number. Who, okay, is that what we're saying? Yeah, I think I think. So, so to, to, to yeah, to, to get a chance of winning the the print, tell us the name of the players' name. Okay, good. You made it even more difficult now. There we go. Good luck, everyone. It's nice to nice to have a prize. You know, we feel, feel like we're going up in the world, Ollie. Yes, <laughs> it's quite funny. <laughs> so we'll move on to predictions now, and good luck, everyone who enters that. Um, and we'll we'll announce the winner. When are we going to do that, actually, Ollie? When are we going to announce the winner? Oh yeah, we'll announce it on Friday, and we'll also repeat it in the podcast as well on Sunday. Super stuff. Okie dokie. Predictions. We both predicted us to beat Barry. <laughs> when we didn't so yeah no, no no points for us there you're still ahead by three um so yeah we've got obviously got a game in the week against peterborough which is going to be a right tricky game um because they're they're sort of still going for the playoffs and technically we've got nothing left to play for so yeah that's not ideal um and next saturday we have the the party beach party at blackpool um so yeah that's the next game away for us to predict ollie what are you going to go for i'm going to go for a one or draw yeah okay i'm going to go for us to lose two nil <laughs> <laughs> okay, I was thinking because, of yeah. You almost said you want to get the, you want to try and win the, the the competition. Well, yeah, exactly. That is kind of the point, isn't it? Um, they're in good form, Blackpool. They're um, they're banging in the goals quite a lot at the moment and uh, playing particularly well at home, from what I could have a look at. So it's going to be a tough game. I think the one thing to to say is that we're going to be backed by probably what is it now? Almost I think is it 2000. approaching one thousand. It's 2,000 now, is it? Okay, there you go. I was going to say 1,800, but 2,000 town fans going away to Blackpool. It's going to be a mad old day, that, isn't it? And, you know, to me, I do agree with what everyone's saying. You know, we've talked about all the negatives, but let's just use this as a chance to absolutely party and enjoy all the brilliant aspects of the season and, you know, give them that vocal confidence that the team are still that the fans are still with the team for going into the playoffs. I think it could play a very pivotal part in what happens over the next month or so, to be honest with you. And so yeah, get your get your fancy dress, get your beach wear, get your um your Hawaiian shirts, Bermuda shorts, as many inflatables as you can bring and yeah, let's go in there and make an absolute party atmosphere out of it. Yeah, no, definitely. Hopefully everyone will go um and yeah, hopefully we hopefully we get a good result, but yeah, neither of us really think that's gonna happen. <laughs> No, it'll be a bit of a damp squib, won't it? But actually, I think whatever the result is, I think Shrewsbury Town fans will leave there in, in good spirits, unless it's like 8-0. Um, but yeah, I think people are going to be just thinking about... Because the amount of people that are going to be staying over for the night in Blackpool is going to be you know massive. You know, you'll be wandering around Blackpool later that night and you'll still probably see people in Hawaiian shirts and Shrewsbury Town shirts, which is, which is always good fun. So yeah, I, I think I'm probably looking forward to it as an away day and an away experience, probably the most of every game I've been to this season. So... Yeah, bring it on. There's something to look forward to there, isn't there? Definitely, most definitely. And you're going, aren't you, Ollie? And so am I. Yeah, I am going. Yeah, I was going to stay over, but um, I cancelled my hotel. Um, I've got too much wedding <laughs> stuff going on. I've got need to come back. <laughs> oh, that's fair enough. I don't blame you. Well, yeah, as I say, I'm, I'm going to be up there for two, three days. So, uh, yeah, there you go. You're making the most of it. Weekend of it. Yeah, exactly. And if the weather's like it is now and we play golf on the on the coast on Friday, oh, it'd be beautiful. But um, apparently it's not going to be very nice next weekend. So there we go. Um, so there we go. That's, that's the podcast. Thank you for listening this week. And uh, hopefully we tried not to... Uh, you know, through the kitchen sink out of what's happened in the last month. I think we've tried to be fairly reflective of, of the situation, haven't we? And, you know, we're still in with a chance of something cool happening this season. So, you know, we've got to keep our chins up, haven't we, Ollie? We have, yeah. So, yeah, so, um, yeah, fingers crossed we can get a couple of results and hopefully we talk on Sunday. Um, yeah, hopefully we'll have a bit of return to form and some positives to talk about. Yep, good stuff. Anyway, have Cheers, a good week, guys. guys, and we shall catch you next week. Oh!